Hello, everyone, and welcome to the Dear Future Hubby podcast. I am your host, Teresa Reese, and y'all know how I do it. I love to read a poem from my book of poetry entitled A Strong-Willed Mind, Healing Scars Over Time Through My Poetry. And tonight's poem is entitled, It's Never Too Late. Here we go. Dropped as a child into a lonely state, my hopes, dreams, and ambitions were temporarily erased. Dropped as an adult into the arms of a cruel man who told me lies, stole my joy, and left my heart broken. Dropped into society, always poor mentally, No one taking the time out to see the potential in me. I must have cried a thousand times, looking, praying, hoping, and waiting for a chance to rise at life. Living day by day, all hope still gone. All faith was lost, but I pressed on. Then Jesus came and paved the way. He took the time to open up my eyes when he told me it's never too late. So today has been a very emotional day for me. Um, I actually did take the time out, though, to go visit my mother's father, who is currently in the hospital. Yes, my other grandfather is in the hospital. And so today is the second day that I've spent time with him. But um, this time I kind of went for a few reasons. One of the main reasons is because my mom told me that when I went to visit him yesterday, he thought I was my mom. So he told my grandmother, yeah, your mom came. He's because my mom's name is Betty. He's like, Betty came by to see me and, and the grandbabies. And I was like, that was me. So my mom said, she was like, well, since he thought that I was you, that you were me, then that'll buy me some time and I'll go visit him today. And then we'll, it's like tag teaming. So I was like, so she went to go see him today, but then I went ahead and went to go see him again. Cause I was like, no, I need you to know that it was your granddaughter that has been visiting you, sir. <laughs> so, um, I sat up there with him and I talked to him and he just told me a lot of things that I literally had no idea about. And so um, just listening to him and the history of who he is and how many siblings he has and just his parents. I never knew that my grandfather's parents on my mom's side were married until like for almost 60 something years and that they had 13 children together. And so to find that information out, I was just in awe. And I think this is one of the reasons why I love, I absolutely love to be around seasoned people. Like I love my elderly people. I really, really do. Um, Before my uncle Charlie passed away, I used to spend time with him, quality time with him because I just love to sit on the lap of wisdom. And I just mean that figuratively, like, you know, I'm literally sitting in my own seat when I'm listening to them. But I just love to be in the presence of wisdom. I truly love that. I love to be able to, you know, hear about how they got over, how it is that they 
um, went through certain trials and tribulations, how they overcame those trials and tribulations, what life looked like through their lens. Um, and so I found out that my grandfather, he was married four times, twice to the same woman, um, and that my grandmother, the one that I know, the one that I know and love, um, that he has been married to her for 45 plus years. And so just listening to him and and just basking in his presence is something that I feel like was absolutely necessary for me. Um, and he made me laugh so much. We talked about so many different things and I, he had my stomach hurting from laughter and I'm just like, Lord, you know, I thank you for this opportunity. It's just me and him, just me and him. So no distractions. Just, I was able to ask as many questions as I wanted. He, of course, gave me as many answers as he could give me. Um, I teased him a little bit about his little womanizing ways. And he was just telling me how um, my grandmother, who he is with now, he was like, she always accepted me for me, baby girl. And I'm like, really? And he was like, yes, she let me be me. And so I thought about that because that's not the only time that I've heard that when it comes to certain marriages. And I I think about that, not saying that I'm going to be a manizer <laughs> or nothing like that, but just to be able to be in, be who you are in your full authenticity, not having to put on airs for anyone, not having to compromise your own personal compass in order for you to appease anyone, but to be truly who you are unapologetically and to be yoked with someone that is very much aware that this is who you are and they accept you in your fullness. They accept your proclivities. They accept who you are. They may not like every single thing that you do. They may not even like how you do it, but they've made a vow to be true to you and they've made a vow to love you unconditionally. And so when I see certain relationships, I know that a lot of times we tend to kind of define how it is that we want our relationships to be or how, you know, we believe other relationships should go. Um, and the more that I'm kind of just like listening to people and I guess you could say kind of interviewing them in a, in a sense. Um, but the more that I do that, the more I start to realize that when you're in a relationship, it's you and that person. It's you and that person. And what I've also noticed is, is that it's really not too late. Like I, I say it all the time. I'm 47 years old and I'm just like, oh my God, Lord, like, is he ever going to manifest? Like, am I going to ever see my future hubby? Is it just a figment of my imagination? Oh, I'm trying my best not to be weary, Lord. Like I said on a few episodes prior to this, it would have been nice to go through the crises that I've been going through and to have that helpmate, to have that purpose partner with me by my side as I go through. But instead, it's like the opposite. I feel like God is showing me who not to yoke up with, who not to date. who, And that's fine. If that's the lesson that I need to learn before I get to, you know, my divine design, then I'm willing to go through that process. But I feel like right now that's kind of what's happening is that he's just kind of letting me know like, mm, nah, this one. No, you got to see how they respond when you're in a very, very tough situation where you have grief on every hand. And yeah, this, this right here, this is not what a covering looks like. And so, you know, I'm glad for those epiphany moments that he's providing me. But at the same time, he knows that I've had my moments where I'm like, God, oh, it would, whew, it would be so nice to have a helpmate right about now. But 
that's not the way that you have it planned so we're just going to keep it moving until you say otherwise how about that and so um yes just taking time out to spend with my grandfather it made my heart smile and then when i was getting ready to go he was like i really enjoyed you i was like i enjoyed you too granddad <laughs> i so enjoyed it, but it felt so good to hear him say that he's like i really enjoyed you i enjoyed you too but um and just being able to just you know he said he said still so I was, I was joking him I was joking with him about that <laughs> so I told him I said I remember telling my grandmother I said I remember telling her like oh my goodness when is he gonna stop ripping and running in the streets and she said girl don't say that don't you say that because when he stops ripping and running once he stops that might that might change things he might you know right now he's moving so that means he's still alive I was like oh I never looked at it like that and so when I told her, she said that he just kind of laughed and he chuckled. And then I told him, I was like, you know, I think this is the longest you've been still, granddad. And he was like, ain't this the truth? I was like, I really think that this is the longest you have sat still or laid still in that matter. Because right now he laying in his, you know, on his little hospital bed. But I'm just like, because he's normally all over the place. Every time I try to catch him, I got to call her before I go. Especially if my youngest child wants to see him because she loves her some her papa. And so um, I have to call before I go because ain't no telling. He ain't going to be at the house nine times out of ten. And if he is at the house, it's because he about to turn it in. He's 80 years old. so But he is still like a young chicken, just spring chicken, just constantly going here and going there. So it was so, so nice to see him. It was so, so nice to spend time with him. It was so nice to hear. Found out that um, I have relatives that I've never met before. So I had that conversation with my mom this evening. And I don't know. I Like, I don't think I've ever cared as much about my roots, about my history, about my life, about how I'm connected to certain people. I don't think I've ever cared as much about those things very 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 important details until about i guess right before covid19 hit if not when covid19 hit um it helped me to see especially when i started hearing that people were losing their lives and you know so quickly and how that whole disease works it's like i made it a point to be like oh girl you need to figure out like where where do you stem from what are in what's in your genes who are you truly related to and even though I don't have all the answers, I feel like I'm pointed in the right direction. And it is never too late. If you are one of those people that you're like, I really want to know where I came from. I really want to know my biological father's side of the family. Or I want to know my biological mother's side of the family. Or I want to know my cousins. The only way that you could, because if you have the desire to pursue it, then I'm sure that the doors will begin to open up for you. I believe that the only time that it's too late, so to speak, I know we say never too late, but I, some, the only way that I believe that it's too late is if they've gone on to glory. If they haven't gone on to glory, if they're still on the face of this earth, I just really truly believe that if you want that, it's never too late to at least try to pursue it. And so um, for me, that's one of the things that I can talk about. I can speculate. I can listen to some of the stories that my grandmother has shared with me concerning my my um, grandfather. And then also my mom, you know, even my aunts. I could I could take that information or 
because my grandfather on my mother's side is yet still living, I could just take the time out of my schedule and go and have a conversation with him. And it did my heart so well. It really, really did. It did my heart so well just to see him and then to watch him laugh. And yes, he's going through health wise, but I don't believe that. I don't believe that this is it for him. I believe that he has a few more chapters in his book to write. And so um, I'm grateful for his healing. I'm praying even now for his divine healing. Um, He's very much aware of his health matters. And I'm glad that he's aware of them because I didn't want to have to like make some more phone calls and be like, did you know? But everybody that needs to know knows what's going on concerning his health. And so that kind of put my mind at ease as well and then just you know being in his presence being in his presence we love being in my grandfather's presence he's just a kind-hearted man truly kind-hearted now like I was telling my grandma I think I've only heard him yell one time and he's 80 years old and I'm 47 so for me to only hear him yell one time the entire time that He's been in my life and I've been in his. That that says a lot. He pretty much is mild-tempered, laid back, really nonchalant, um, loves his sports. When I walked into the hospital room, he was watching them sports, child. So he loves him some sports. But I'm glad I had an opportunity to spend that quality time with him. And um, we got to do that. We got to love on people while they yet live. We got to love on them while they yet live. And so um, that did my heart some good. I'm glad I did that. Now, in reference to one of the things that I spoke of about my on my in my poetry and my poem, I'm in terms of it's never too late. Yes, for me personally, it took me um, developing a relationship with God for me to to realize that it doesn't matter how shaky my childhood was. It doesn't matter um, how broken. I felt that I was, it doesn't matter how betrayed um, I have been, that it's never too late. Like if you truly want to have a different outcome, if you truly want to have a better life or live a better life, if you truly want to have better friends, if you want to have better anything, um, you got to believe in yourself. You got to know that you are worth the very thing that you desire Um, In terms of wanting better, you got to know that you're worth having better. And one of the things that I have truly consciously been working on is just being aware of my worth, being consciously aware of my worth. And not just in terms of like, oh, okay, you know, you're worth, you know, a million bucks. Not like that. I'm talking about in terms of what is it that I bring to the table? What is it that makes me unique? What is it that makes me authentic? What is it about me that separates me from, let's say, a group of people? You know, what are those what are those qualities? And thinking on those things, thinking on those things that are true, that are of virtue, that be praiseworthy, that are of good report. But making that part of my daily regimen in some way, form or fashion. So let's say that I don't go down a list of every single attribute. But I find something great that I did today, something that I did for myself, something that helps me to be better, that helps me to feel better. Like, oh, it was okay. So it was Oprah. So when I woke up this morning, well, of course, I felt bad. But 
I literally was, I felt so bad. I was like, I'm not going to be able to like function in my full-time job. So I let my boss know. Well, then um, I stumbled upon something and I ended up sharing it. And it was Oprah saying how it's okay for you to put yourself first. And I'm a firm believer that when certain things come through the airways and byways, depending on what I'm going through, I don't really believe that that's an accident. I believe that that's like subconsciously something telling me this is what you need in this moment. And so what I did, I listened to those words. I watched the video, but I listened to those words. And I'm just going to paraphrase because I can't tell you what she said verbatim, but pretty much in a nutshell, what she was saying is that you must make yourself a priority. And that's something that I have truly been struggling with, especially since all that has happened to me lately. I've been really, 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 really struggling with making myself a priority. Like it's really okay for me personally, when I need to be there for someone else, I don't mind being there for someone else. Where I start having a tug of war, for the lack of better words, within is whenever I'm trying to do something for me. Anytime that I'm trying to do something for me, I have a battle. It, it doesn't come as naturally as it should. And so what I'm trying to do is change the trajectory of that. I'm trying to make it, and I don't know what that looks like because I haven't arrived. I haven't done that yet. Like I, don't, I haven't made it to that point where it's natural for me. But I am trying to get to the point in my life where taking care of myself is not second nature. It's first nature, where it is something that when I wake up, I check in with myself. When I go to bed, I check in with myself. I am trying to get to that point. Because I understand now the magnitude of making sure that I am okay before I do anything else. It's just like being on an airplane. You got to make sure you take care of yourself, that you're taking that oxygen before you can reach over and help your child. Before you can reach over and help help your partner or even a stranger. You've got to make sure that you take care of you. And so, although I've preached it forever in a day... That's something that I'm starting to be mindful of is that maybe that was me prophesying to myself, that self-fulfilled prophecy where I was trying to constantly say it to uh, calling those things that be not as though they are until it became a reality for me. Because that was something that I that was an area that I was lacking in where I wasn't taking care of myself. And so now I believe that it's come full circle and it's time to do just that. And I'm grateful that it's not too late. It's not too late for me to go ahead and apply myself and, and to do the exercises. Like today I did my little rolly of the, you know, the ab roller. And then I did the weights. And before I go to bed, I'm going to do the ab roller and I'm going to do the weights. And so, but that's something that I literally had to consciously become aware that, girl, you, you do matter. Your life is significant. Your life does have meaning. It does have value. You don't necessarily have to wait for someone to come around to reaffirm that or to solidify that belief. That is something that you already know that's on the inside of you. Pull it out. Remind yourself who you are and whose you are every day until you truly, truly, until it's ingrained in you. 
until you know beyond a shadow of a doubt that that belief cannot be wavered no matter what comes in your direction, no matter what tries to present itself, no matter what kind of obstacles try to manifest, that you will not be moved. Get it ingrained in your psyche, in your mind, in your spirit, in your body. Just get it ingrained how much you matter and how significant you truly are. And then do the work. Do the work. You are worth it. You matter. So this is going to conclude this episode. However, y'all know how I do it. Before I fully conclude, I wanted to read a letter to my future hubby. And here we go. It is dated March the 22nd, 2021. Dear future hubby, haven't you heard? Don't put off tomorrow what you can do today. Well, I've been wondering about exactly what are some of the things I've been putting off. And one of the main things that comes to my mind is exercising. Yes, I've been watching what I eat. I've changed my diet for the most part. I've also seen weight loss in the past couple of weeks. However, it's time for me to up the ante and start a workout regimen. Not to mention, I believe this would be a great way of escape for me with everything else I have going on in my world. So to prepare for this new journey, I purchased a dumbbell. I already have the weights and the kettlebells, and I also purchased an ab roller in which I'm excited about. I will take baby steps, especially since I've been here before, and I will allow my goal to be mindfulness instead of weight loss. I love you. Love, Teresa. So I do hope that you all have the most amazing evening or morning or afternoon, whichever time it is that you hear this message and this episode. However, please do me a huge favor and take care of yourself because there is only one you. Signing out, your girl, Teresa. Y'all have a blessed one. Bye.